Hi everyone, welcome back to Today in Tech. I'm Juliette Beauchamp and I'm here with Computer World Senior Writer Matthew Finnegan. Today we're talking collaboration and how collaboration tools are being used in this new remote workforce, so stick around. All right, Matthew, thank you so much for calling in. Really appreciate it. All the way from Sweden, correct? Hi, yeah, nice to join you. So by now, many of us are working from home. You're almost always working from home. And here I am working, as our viewers know, from my parents' basement. But, you know, we've been settling into this, at least here in the U.S., for a few weeks. So we're gradually getting used to it. And we've been relying on a lot of these collaboration tools, Zoom, Slack, Microsoft Teams, really just take your pick. A lot of the people here in the U.S. have been relying on those as we've moved toward this mandated remote workforce. But I want to talk going forward. So what can you tell us about how the transition to a remote workforce has been? Yeah, so there's obviously been a, a huge and very swift increase in the number of people working from home in response to the COVID outbreak. And um, so although many people will, will likely go back to working in the offices before, after the uh, the outbreak ends, it's likely that we'll, we will also see a sustained increase in remote working after uh, this is a, a sort of return to normal, as it were, um, for, for, for those jobs that are able to. Um, so uh, work, remote working has been on the rise for, for many years, um, especially recent, recently with the availability um, of communication and collaboration tools, as you mentioned, like uh, Slack and Microsoft Teams for um, work uh, for team chat, um, video tools like Zoom and, and Stripe for Business in the past, uh, and tools like Trello and other, other um, apps that let you um, that make it easier um, to manage work that's uh, carried out remotely. But even so, most people um, have still been working in an office throughout the week, even despite the availability of these tools, as there hasn't been a major impetus for change. Um, or hadn't been. Obviously, now that's that has changed, and the situation is quite different. And there's a there's been a um, a huge increase in the number of people re uh, working remotely. Um, the question yet yeah, um, as to whether remote working will continue in the long term, uh, that could depend on different businesses and their different needs. Also, depend on uh, different people and what situation they prefer. But uh, there was an an interesting survey by the job search site. Glassdoor recently, which found that 67% of remote workers currently would like to see that uh, that these that the change is permanent and that they're able to continue working remotely in future. So basically, we've seen a, a big society-wide experiment in remote working, and it could be that um, as this becomes the normal for weeks and even months, that uh, the question might be for, for some organisations why return to no longer supporting uh, remote work. So beyond the more traditional in-person industries, healthcare, hospitality, I would imagine that those groups are going to need to return back to their offices and workplaces pretty quickly once it's safe to do so. But I'm wondering what the incentive will be for other organizations that don't necessarily need to be in person to then now mandate all of their workforce to now come back into the office. I'd imagine that could be a difficult transition. Yeah, there, there will be, for uh, what people would describe as knowledge workers, they, a, a lot of tasks 
depending on the organization um, and on the role within the organization, if they can be carried out remotely, then there are the capabilities to support people doing that. There are benefits, of course, to working face-to-face -face, and there will be certain jobs where um, if there is a, a big reliance on that, um, maybe in, in sales roles, for example, or uh, where face-to-face where -face communication has, has real benefits, that could see uh, a, a big call for people to be to be working in the office. But if it's for, for many tasks, if it's possible to carry to, for them to be carried out remotely, yeah, it, it could be that the companies, the employers, might have to really see what would be the advantages of of returning to the to what it, the situation was before. So what sort of benefits are remote workers seeing in their work-life balance in retention rates? Do you think that it's going to be difficult for office workers to now transition back to that? And on top of that, do you think that there's a benefit to remote working in general? Yeah, so uh, for people who haven't worked remotely before, they will see there's definitely pros and cons uh, to doing so. But the, the, the advantage is, can be quite clear. Um, as you mentioned, this uh, um, employee retention rates can be higher, so benefits for the employer, but that's due to the, um, the improved work-life balance. So for instance, obviously, people who are commuting for hours a day, of course, will not need to be doing so. So there's um, more time to be, uh, to be at home and to be around family and have that work-life balance. Uh, there's um, and that's one of the, the big sort of appeals of, of being able to work from home and also um, having the, the greater flexibility maybe in working hours uh, to be able to devote time to uh, being with family or, or, or whatever the need would be. So um, a lot of people will be, will be seeing those benefits and will maybe be questioning, do they want to go back to the, the strict nine to five um, uh, office with the, with the daily commute there and back? Right. I know my current commute is down two flights of stairs, so it's much less than my usual, you know, 35 to 45 minute drive. <laughs> so I'm going to think now about how employers can look at how their now remote employees are performing. Do you think that this is, this is going to be a sort of effective trial period or would more tests and trials need to be done on behalf of the employer to really assess whether or not they can change or adapt to a remote workforce. Well, yeah, for for a lot of organisations, this is going to be entirely new in terms of supporting a remote workforce. There will be many where, in certain instances, they support uh, remote workers um, for throughout some parts of their workforce. There's even companies which are entirely remote. Um, there's a, a software company called Zapier, uh, Zapier that's 100% remote workforce now. And, um, and it's not the only one. These are the, the kind of rare examples and maybe an idea of where it could go for, for some companies. But for many, this is a, yeah, this is kind of a, um, a, a large scale trial that maybe they weren't prepared for. So we're going to be seeing a, a, organizations try to adapt to this in terms of 
rolling out the, the, the right infrastructure, to, uh, technology infrastructure to support remote workers, as well as putting in place sort of policies and um, working from home practices. And so, yeah, for some organizations will be further along with this than others. So it could, it, for, for some, this, this could be a, a difficult process. For others, it's more of a case of just scaling up what's already there. Sure. And I also imagine now that there's going to be a really big shift in any sort of events business. I mean, as we know, pretty much any event that was going on between, you know, March and I mean, I've seen events canceled as far out as into the summer. I mean, the Olympics have even been postponed. I'm wondering how this is going to affect the events business and businesses that really rely on in-person meetings and in-person interactions. Yeah, so this has obviously had a huge effect. Um, many, uh, uh, many conferences, many tech conferences have moved to be either to be virtual digital events. Um, some of these, even um, Google Cloud Next, which was uh, expected to go ahead, I believe, at the, the start of April, has now been cancelled altogether. But for, for the most part, um, events are moving online, and it'll be interesting to see what the what the, the feedback is on how successful they are. Um, there's a, the reality is a, a lot of them will be cancelled as well. And um, organisations like uh, tech analyst company partner has seen a, or is forecasting a, a significant drop off in revenues um, due to it being, a, as well as its research arm, being a heavily event focused business. So there is going to be um, a, a significant impact there for uh, for the foreseeable future, at least. Um, so there there will be more virtual events going ahead, presumably. But and while there is technology to do that, of course, uh, one of the big benefits of, of being at a conference is the the kind of the spontaneous meetings that you might have with people. Aside from keynotes and breakout sessions, for example. It's been able to um, to interact with with uh, peers and to meet new people. So yeah, that's that's an area where we would expect that there will be an a, a renewed demand once it's possible to have uh, conferences like that again. Got it. But you know, it's not all doom and gloom. I would imagine that there's very many sectors that can really benefit from this new remote work. And I'm wondering what sort of sectors are really doing well because of and by relying on collaboration tools and where this could go just beyond the enterprise. I mean, people meeting over Zoom or Skype to chat with friends who they haven't spoken to in a while or attend social meetings that they may not be able to get to. Yeah, exactly. So um, as you mentioned before, there's a lot of industries where this isn't going to make sense. Where in hospitality, in retail, and in a lot of um, in parts of healthcare, for example, where you have these sort of first line workers, um, remote working isn't going to make sense. But for uh, for knowledge workers, for people who are used to working in an office at a computer, yeah, this makes a lot of sense. And so we're seeing that um, for for companies which have a lot of their, um, their work carried out online, for for software companies, for example, uh, for for software developers, uh, for people who can can do their work online, then this is um, yeah they're they're able to continue doing so. And so 
this is also in terms of um, companies which have kind of benefited from it, there's been a lot of technology companies which are selling collaboration tools, which are selling video conferencing tools, for example, which have seen a huge increase in use of their products. So Zoom, for example, which, uh, share price has gone uh, has has increased massively over in recent weeks um, as uses of the platform has has increased slack um today announced that it's had record use usage levels microsoft teams has added 12 million um, daily active users within the space of a week and many uh, many of these platforms have, have seen widespread uses now and, and significant increases so it's really accelerating the trend that was going on around there and as you as you pointed out yeah this isn't just in the workplace this is uh, everybody now is becoming uh, a few weeks ago most people didn't know what Zoom was. They didn't. They weren't aware uh, of Zoom as a company or what the app did. Now, um, most of my friends will, will know about that. People are asking what Zoom like is. Uh, uh, will be using that in their in their day to day life to connect with with their family and friends um, remotely in different countries. So this is this isn't just a work uh, about workplace. Obviously, this is um, a, a lot of these tools are being being used in people's personal lives as well. Yeah, I know I've seen Zoom used in ways that it necessarily hadn't before. I mean, there's Zoom workout classes, Zoom religious services, and it really seems like the general public is taking advantage of these collaboration tools that they may not have known about beforehand. But Matthew, before I let you go, I do want to touch on productivity. Collaboration tools are often built as a way to increase productivity or spark productivity. And I want to know how we're going to be able to assess how productive we all were during this I mean, at least here in the U.S., seemingly indefinite work-from-home period. Yeah, um, productivity is an interesting topic, and this is actually one of the concerns that, that managers and employers can have around uh, supporting the remote workforce is around uh, productivity. But there's been various studies which have shown that actually uh, um, remote workers tend to be um, on the uh, on average more productive due to factors like being able to um, uh, to, uh, to have time to really focus on tasks without uh, necessarily um, distractions although there can be distractions as well and so uh, on the whole um, there's there's generally perceived to be actual improvements around this but it, it can also mean for for managers that they have to um, to trust staff a bit more to be working um, independently and to be focused really on what uh, on the work that's produced and and the the outcomes of, of individual employees and to monitor monitor that and to, to to discuss with employees to set expectations around their their personal productivity for review got it makes sense i mean it really is just like how you would assess any other performance but you just need to keep in mind that people are working from home. I would also imagine that there's a benefit, like you said, fewer distractions and the ability to maybe work outside of typical work hours so you can take care of whatever you need to, whether it's, I mean, certainly not right now, but dropping your kids off at school, taking care of a pet, an elderly relative, whatever you need to be doing during perhaps traditional work hours can now be adapted because you're already at home. Just work earlier in the morning, later into the evening. Yeah, so it, it gives people time uh, or, or the, the ability to, to structure their time to, to really focus on work um, 
as and when they need to and to to uh, to set aside the time whenever that would be during the day to really focus on work so in that sense although there can be plenty of distractions from working from home uh, there are there are definitely benefits from that as long as people especially if if employees are there's discussions around this and employees are, are trained to get the best from remote working as well great great well, thank you so much, Matthew, for calling in all the way from Sweden. Um, and I hope your commute wasn't too bad, however many steps it was from your, you know, living room to your office. <laughs> all the way to my kitchen table, yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for calling in. And thank you all so much for watching this episode of Today in Tech. If you liked this video, be sure to give it a thumbs up and subscribe to our channel. If you have any questions about collaboration or advice on how to increase productivity while working from home, please leave a comment below and I would love to see them. If you have questions, I'll get back to you or get back to you on Matthew's behalf. Thanks again for watching, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is produced by IDG Communications Incorporated.